Peacock and Williamson NFL live mailbag. The Minnesota Vikings have released running back Dalvin Cook. What does it mean for the Vikings? What does it mean for Dalvin Cook? What could be a landing spot? And a whole bunch more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you're subscribed up to the new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel doing one of our few live episodes. Going to try to go live a lot more this summer and have a little bit of fun interacting with you all. Appreciate those of you that will be jumping on with us live on today's episode. And feel free to add your questions to the Twitter mix at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter is where most of the questions are coming from on today's program. Uh, Today's program is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com. Slash locked on NFL. And when you enter promo code locked on NFL, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order of bird dogs. All right. Interesting, Matt. We, we thought it was coming. We heard it could be coming. Timing is odd. It wasn't a June 1st, June 2nd cut. They waited a week, right? And does that mean they tried to get a trade over the course of the offseason, tried to get a post June 1st trade? But Dalvin Cook has now been released so what does this mean for the vikings what does this mean for cook and the timing and who will he be in camp with because no doubt dalvin cook still got something left in the tank and he will be in camp somewhere so real quick uh just five minutes ago a package from bird dogs arrived at my front door so yeah. excited to kind of dig into that i'll let everyone know when tomorrow you know, what they they look like on me and all that good stuff so bird dogs has showed up good stuff um I want to talk Vikings for a second. You know, like, I think we kind of saw this coming rumor, 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 kind of like Hopkins, nobody bit. And what are the Vikings? I think they're one of the strangest teams in the league of analyzing right now. I mean, they won 13 games last year. That's a fact. They also had a negative point differential. Also a fact, you know, I mean, are they good or not? And do they think they're good or not? I understand they have cap issues. Their defense looks like a nightmare, but their offense looks very potent, and Cousins is coming off a good year. But Cousins is a free agent after the season. You know, are they just kind of playing this one out and going from there? But are they going to be picking in the top five? I highly doubt that. They could easily win that awful, awful division. So you you trade Zedaria Smith for a seventh-round pick, and you cut Dalvin Cook, and... Yeah, you get some cap relief, but you're clearly a worse team by doing so. I just don't know what to make of the Vikes right now. And then we can talk Cook and Landing Spots here in a minute. But I don't know what they think or what their process is right now. On the Vikings side of things, from a fantasy perspective, and I totally agree with you, and they were kind of in that weird purgatory as a team anyway. I think they're middle of the league, really overachieved. They, they had a negative mm-hmm. point differential, but won 13 games somehow winning the North last year. I don't know if they'll be able to repeat that. I do believe there was going to be some regression no matter what, but I think they're a good enough team to win a lot of games too. Um, 
and you know what I think about running backs and, and how important right, they are in the right. grand scheme of, of winning football games long term. Short term, they can definitely help you out. Uh, Dalvin Cook's been hurt so much as well. So, like, how many games per year can you expect to get out of him with high level play? Uh, even though you can't expect a certain level of play when he is on the field. But uh, from a fantasy perspective, and by the way, everybody go check out Locked On Dynasty Football with my guy Matt Williamson, sure. one of the co-hosts there. W- where are you going in Minnesota at running back? Who, who are you drafting? Are, are you are you taking a long shot? Do you like What's the play fantasy-wise in Minnesota in the backfield? I mean, Madison's clearly the guy, and they gave him money even though he was a free agent this year. But I don't look at him as the cook bell cow type. Like I think in the in the fantasy world, people will probably be disappointed that overdraft Madison thinking he's the man. I think he's a one B, you know, and he's gonna ask to be a one A. Dwayne McBride's kind of interesting. He was a seventh round pick this this year, but he has no like no catches at UAB. Ty Chandler the year before kind of interesting, but he was a fifth round pick out of North Carolina, but you know how this works. I mean, by week 10, one of those guys might be the starter there. And all of a sudden in the fantasy world, you're, you know, starting them time and time again, because they're getting all the touches. Um, It's almost like the uh, quarterbacks a thousand times more important than running back, but there's no succession plan for Minnesota outside of Madison, but he's not young anymore. And and the same thing's true at quarterback. If they are going to move on from cousins after this year, there's not a Hendon hooker or Herndon hooker sitting and waiting in the wings or anybody. I mean, I, I just don't quite understand the direction of the team right now. I'm all aboard the Tyson Chandler train right now. He'll okay. be on all of my fantasy teams. In fact, he was on our locked on dynasty league team, uh, our roster, I'd have to double check if he's still there. He, he was teetering on the edge, and I think it might have been released at some point by me, but I, I drafted him in that league because I really liked him, and I thought with Dalvin Cook's injuries, there might be a little more opportunity for him, and I still think the talent is there, and eventually he'll be the main guy by the end of this year. And I don't know if it's long-term, but you know, and Alexander Madison's a, a fine player, and he's clearly the short-term play. But uh, if I'm drafting, I'm not going to spend on RB1 Alexander Madison. I'm going to try to get a a screaming deal on Ty, Ty Chandler mm-hmm. as potentially becoming the guy. Kenny and Wangu is interesting too. Just like, Oh yeah. I forgot about speed, him. more of a kick return guy. Could he be somebody that, that makes some big plays as well in that backfield? So they have maybe, running maybe. backs and they'll be okay as most teams are at running back, but you know, nobody's Dalvin cook there. So I want to talk about cook, what he is right now. And People might remember, I mean, everyone remembers, the 2017 running back class was as good as you'll ever see in the league. I mean, and I'm, I pulled it up. Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, even like James Conner, Aaron Jones went later in that draft, Jamal Williams, you know, like a lot of high quality backs. But half of those guys I mentioned, to your point about not investing in running backs, are looking pretty rough right now. You know, Kamara's facing suspension, Fournette's unemployed. How much does Connor have left? And, you know, McCaffrey's kind of his own beast. But I bring this up just because two prominent backs, Cook and Mixon, when I watched their tape last year, I thought they're taking a step back. I I thought that was clearly Mixon and Cook's worst year on tape this past season. Now, I'm not saying that Cook is now... Ezekiel Elliott, you know, washed up, you know, has no purpose whatsoever. 
I absolutely could see the rumors about Miami being very fruitful for Cook and the Dolphins, particularly in that scheme. How about this? If I was Buffalo, I'd like to put the Cook brothers together and kind of block Miami, but down from, you know. I mean, immediately when you're looking at teams, it's the obvious connection. And I don't know if Cook's ready to be the guy to, to carry a load. I think he's more mm-hmm. likely not because I think he's a third down type of guy. I think that's what he'll be in his career. Younger and Cook. You're brothers yeah. being together. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like the Buffalo Bills are the first team every time a player becomes available. You know, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, hey, Buffalo Bills. <laughs> right, uh, right. You know, it, it happens with everybody. So, uh, again, I think it's my favorite team just to, you know, get the brothers together. And who knows uh, if that means anything for them to play together or, you know, if, if the – Bills will be interested in that, but we've been trying to put the a, a number one running back in Buffalo for years right, now. Right. This is a nice opportunity to do that, and and actually, it's a perfect pairing with his brother, with a guy that can can be the the secondary guy and and help him out and, and take some carries away and and take a lot of receptions away. Probably, I would throw Kansas City in the mix too. Like with all respect to Pacheco, those two would be a nice yin and yang to each other. Let Pacheco run into a wall and run fifty bazillion miles an hour and. Cook, you know, it has a little bit lighter workload and is the veteran presence. So if you're Dalvin Cook, would you rather go play with your brother in the tundra of Buffalo or would you go back to the city where you grew up in, in the nice, warm Florida sun and be the guy? You know, and both are contenders, too. So that I think all those spots are pretty interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Mark who jumped in the chat and uh, said, you guys right, love the live shows. I appreciate you. All right, appreciate Mark. You. Spread the word, by the way, about Locked On 49ers and the YouTube channel, trying mm-hmm. to build a new YouTube channel, uh, which can be a slow process at times. So we really appreciate you if you're uh, uh, if you are subscribed up there and always jump in with us when we go live. We're going to go live more often because it is a lot of fun. OK, it is. Yeah. Continuing on with the you know, I do I want to say really quick um, with. Dalvin Cook in the running back position. He's 27 years old, which yeah. feels young, but it's not for a running back. It's the beginning That's of the, the magical end. Sometimes age. It's the end of the end. And yeah. Christian McCaffrey just had his 27th birthday this week. And Derrick Henry, I think, had his tw- age 27 year last year. And you said that Dalvin Cook's not um, Zeke Elliott yet, but that happened so fast. It might be this time next year, right? Especially someone with as many injuries mounting as Dalvin Cook has had throughout his career, and that's what yeah. happens. Attrition that's the reason the running back value is low. Uh, and there's a pretty high replacement level, like we just talked about with the Minnesota Vikings. I think they'll be fine at running back with the guys they have. Probably. You know, yeah. Ty Chandler might be a fantasy league winner. Who knows? So, we preach that on Locked on Dynasty a lot is 27s scary time you know, yeah tr- trade your dude when he's 25 and a half and 26 you know yes. at 27 it's almost too late next rest in peace iron chic we got a question about nfl <laughs> wrestlers and uh tons of other good questions coming up on today's peacock and williamson mailbag today's episode of pnw is brought to you by bird dogs uh i've got my second shipment of bird dogs by the way i like the the yeti style tumbler that can come with your order more on that in a second bird dogs are super comfortable they make you look good and man they feel good when you wear them bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you that truly sculpted look but you don't feel locked in right they they fit way better than your regular shorts that are made of stiff restricting cotton bird dogs fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so uh, stretches really any way you need. So you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice 
movement of your body, whether you're out on the golf course, whether you're hanging out in the backyard barbecuing, whether you're, uh, uh, you're, you're putting down hot dogs fresh off the hot dog roller <laughs> at Williamson's house. Uh, and Bird Dogs uses the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, which is really key in these summer months. I love my bird dog logging pants too, as well, which you look good in the office, look good uh, again, like out on the golf course and, uh, and just, and, and stretch in all the directions you need them to while, while looking good and having that silhouette you're looking for. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right. Rest. I, I don't know how much wrestling you watched when you were a kid, Matt, or as an adult. I watched a ton of pro wrestling when I was a kid. And I'm talking, okay. you know, we, we talked about our, our, our football teams and how we became fans of football teams. And it was the same era, late 80s, you know. San Francisco Giants are in the World Series. My team, San Francisco fans, San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl, really easy to become fans there. But it was like, you know, Hulk Hogan era um, wrestling, late 80s, early 90s, that when it was really sort of fantastical and and uh, and quirky, right? And Jimmy Superfly Snuka and Iron Sheik, right? Right, right. Roddy, Roddy Piper and, you know, all these guys have passed on, unfortunately. But, you know, um, Ultimate Warrior, like I, 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 Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Just, there you go. It was so, uh, it was so campy and I loved it as a kid. Once they started like wearing jorts and having real names, you know, it was like Bob Jefferson or <laughs> whoever, you know, John Cena and he's got shorts on, jorts on and he's like, I'm a guy and like, ah, it's not, it's not interesting anymore. Uh, I like the, the, the really fun stuff, but man, it's man, these guys are dying young and, and Iron Sheik lasted a while and he was one of the most fun uh, Twitter accounts too to follow out there. So rest in peace, Iron Sheik. And we do have a question as it pertains to the, before uh, we get to the question. I have to yeah. talk a little wrestling, I think, because we okay. you and I have never had this conversation. I didn't realize you were into it. I'm older than you, and I think we both about the same ages of our life were into wrestling. I mean, again, there wasn't even internet back then. I subscribed to like two or three wrestling magazines that came to my <laughs> house at like, you know, once a month. But when I hit like 13 or so, I basically gave it up. Like when Hogan was getting big is about when I gave it up. And I think it's just the age, you know, it was like, it's, it's either Saturday morning, you know, there wasn't Monday night raw and stuff like that or whatever. It was Saturday morning. And my buds are all playing pickup hoops. I'm like, I want to go do that instead of watch wrestling or whatever. But <laughs> I was into like the NWA before the WWE took over. I had a Road Warriors t-shirt. You know, a lot of those guys defect out of Ric Flair, that era. And so just a you know, couple of years before you. But I want to take this opportunity because I've really, really enjoyed it. it it's on the second season right now. But there's a show on the History Channel called WWE Legends that is a biography, either an hour or two hours long of like every name you just mentioned. And whether you like wrestling or not, it's unbelievably fascinating. I mean, the backstories of these dudes, the abuse they take, the, the time on the road, you know, Andre giant can't fit in a car. I mean, so much substance abuse that it's remarkable because of all the pain they're in and loneliness and always on the road and, uh, and the Iron Sheik one is really, really good. Like he was a Olympic wrestling. Like that wasn't made up by the WWE. He was the, like the best wrestler in Iran history. And he, one of his jobs was to guard the 
the leader of Iran, the the the, the, the I should know what that's called, but the it's not called the president, it's not called the czar, but he was like in the secret service for the the top dog in Iran. So he came and he defected over here and was truly a badass wrestler and. You know, so really interesting stuff. And his was as interesting as anybody's. You know, he had substance abuse problems, too. And, you know, I mean, like, all their stories are insane. The Andre the Giant documentary is oh. so good too. I love that one. Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, his one's crazy, in the too. Ring with him. Yeah. That's a yeah. Good story, but like, I mean, like, he nearly uh, died from substance abuse. And they're all unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. A lot of substance abuse. But Josiah asks us here, uh, he says, Snake draft the tag team of five NFL players to wrestle each other at WrestleMania and uh, have the people decide who wins on the team, Peacock, Team Williamson. I don't know if we have time to go that far. I don't know about that. But... It would be fun to put together at least a, a two-on-two tag team, and, and we would have a lot of fun. He says, and just remember that Iron Sheik would put Camel Clutch on all the NFL jabrones. <laughs> no doubt. But <laughs> I open the suggestions. Twitter, you know, the, the chat room, if you yeah. have any, any names. I immediately thought of, you know, some kind of like the all cake tag team possibly with, with Javon, yes. you know, I mean, maybe yes. he so that would a- be uh so you need the, the, the powerhouse and the high flyer. And to be honest with you right now, the 49ers might have the most caked up guy on defense and offense with Javon Hargrave and Debo Samuel. Mm, that's a good tag team too. I mean, right. there, there's some tremendous tag teams yeah. out there. So well, uh, George Kittle's already been in WrestleMania. So I think yes. he'd have to be the, the top draft pick there because as far as pro wrestling goes, he's got the yeah. persona, uh, he's already done it. He already loves wrestling, right? Um, so I, I think that would have to be one of the draft picks. Got a guy like Jason Kelsey with his personality. Yeah. The Kelsey, the Kelsey brothers. brothers. Yeah. Right. That would be I mean, a that's a no brainer. No doubt. And they're big enough and could handle it. And, and the other thing about these documentaries is so many of them wanted to be pro football players. You know what I mean? I mean, there's an well, expert or, or some or of them were players and kind of washed out like the rock who played it. Brock Lesnar, the rock. I mean, right. a lot of those dudes were, got pretty far creed humphrey was an actual wrestler right there's a lot of greco roman guys and stuff yeah, like well, that all those interior linemen offensive oh how about aaron donald aaron donald's an obvious one i mean no looks the part he would you know uh looks like a bodybuilder would be but, a powerhouse wrestler so speaking of wrestling my alma mater has one uh player that went to the nfl Pitt Johnstown. We don't have a football team. I'm not counting the Pitt team. Pitt Johnstown's it. <laughs> Carlton Hasselrig. I don't know if you remember the name Carlton Hasselrig. He went to the no. Steelers. He was the best heavyweight wrestler in college history. He won like six national titles. They had to like change the rules, and I don't know exactly how that worked because he was so dominant. Steelers drafted him like the 12th round back then, made him a guard, and he went to Pro Bowls right away and just beat the crap out of people. You know, so that's that's our only UPJ alum in the NFL. That's a fantastic one. Uh, I want to go to the chat here. Joey has a good question. Why didn't the Giants draft a running back until Saquon goodbye? Yeah, I'm sure you're saying that's the obvious move. Well, they right? they, they they put the tag on him, right? Uh, Saquon got the franchise. Yeah, because didn't Jones sign like the minute before the tag deadline? Mm. There was like a deadline situation. Yeah, they're going right. to tag Jones. They're going to tag Saquon. Mm. Got a deal done with Jones at the deadline. Tag Saquon. So I don't hate it. I by mean, the way, Joey Bag of Donuts, who's a frequent uh, listener to the program, got himself a nice little avatar here too. Uh, personalize it. Well done, Joey. Um, oh wow, there's <laughs> professional online persona here from Joey now. Um, so 
I think that's what they're doing. They're just waiting one more year on it. Yeah, I, I think you're writing him for a year. By them choosing Daniel Jones long-term and not Saquon, I think they're pretty much telling you what their plan is. And I think it's the right plan. I think so, too. I know you don't love Daniel Jones. I have mixed feelings on Daniel Jones, too. Well, uh, the Daniel Jones part of it might not be the right plan, but I think when you see the structure of it, I don't think it's going to hamstring them long-term, but they just had to pay a quarterback, and so they paid him quarterback money as far as what it looked like when they signed him. But I think he kind of is closer to the middle class that, you know, kind of Derek Carr and Jimmy G now that didn't really exist until this offseason because the top guys are getting so much money now, and it looks like a lot of money for Daniel Jones. I don't think it really is, and they could move off there as well. But, I mean, kind of like the Vikings, the Giants are in a weird situation. I love Brian but He maximized everything he could get out of that team. Uh, You know, they could regress a little bit as well. I think they still have a lot of work to do, and – um, and are we I, good or not? You know, you right. can't really build that long term around a running back, like I said, because they'll break mm-hmm. down. Like if Saquon gets hurt early in the season next year, what are they going to do offensively? Because that was yeah. they use their entire offense practically. I do like the approach of if you're going to use an early pick, a first round pick on a running back, slap the fifth year fifth year number on him because that's very very low. Franchise him. That's six years of running back. That's about as good as it gets. Before oh, yeah. th- then you're, you're in that magical and, age yeah, twenty seven yeah. area, and then yeah. you let somebody else pay him if they want to. So I financially, think. this does make sense with Saquon. If you give him an extension after this year, even if he rushes for twenty two hundred yards, that's not smart. Right. And you see, <laughs> yeah. If he does get banged up, you see what else is on the roster at running back. And mm-hmm. and that's something that you can find easily in the draft for free agency and some somebody that can play early in their career. So you don't have to like draft and develop a running back and let him sit for a year before he can take over the, the following year. And, you know, they get better yeah. in year two uh, sometimes. But running backs can hit the ground running literally in year one. I'd rather draft John Michael Schmitz as a starting center to help my running game than a third yeah. round back under behind Barkley, you know. Without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Okay, next we got some other really good questions here. Which is the highly, the most highly talented team you think will end up underperforming the most? Next, thanks everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribed up on the new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel. You can find us also on the audio pods everywhere you find your podcasts. Okay, Matt, how about this question from? Nate Seahawks, which highly touted team do you think will end up underperforming the most? Seahawks come to mind just because what if Geno's just the 22nd best quarterback again? You know what I mean? But or if he regresses back to being like, oh, he's just a good back. Yeah, right. exactly. Because really the, the last six weeks or so wasn't tremendous from him. So they come to mind. But why they wouldn't be my pick is Pete Carroll sustained and this is some of my Steeler background talking that I do think there are teams that know how to win in this league and teams that don't you know that even when the Steelers the Seahawks are down the Patriots aren't when they're not super talented they don't bottom out you know I I think that there's something to that if you have Carol Tomlin Belichick those you know level of coaches but the ones that come to mind are the total opposite are the Lions the Jets and the Browns because basically my whole lifetime, they've all sucked to no end, <laughs> you know, like are yeah. they all going to be good all of a sudden? We, we talked about, in, in fact, this is a good time to 
tease a past podcast from last week or maybe it was two yeah. weeks ago we did a show about you know which teams could be on the verge of collapse and it was sort of like a, we did a, a series of podcasts one was you know which teams could go worst to first and which teams could kind of go worst to first which were good that yeah, they could yeah, pull yeah. off a little bit and we kind of mentioned the mikey the vikings earlier i think the new york giants are those teams that are you know playoff sure. teams but maybe you know don't they're a bit of a fugazi to begin start. with yeah but yeah, one of the points he made is like you should never in your life be surprised that the Jets or the Lions disappoint you. You know, or the Browns. Ben, yeah, we right. just you just had your fiftieth birthday, Matt, and that's what those franchises do. My whole life, and I was part of it in Cleveland for a year. I mean, those three are like the least successful franchises in all of sports. I mean, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Williamson, Matt Williamson turned fifty. He's been successful every year of his life. He had his own uh, pool business. <laughs> <laughs> the, the minute he graduated college, the only unsuccessful year he's one ever year. had in those 50 years was the one year he was employed by the Browns. But I'm wearing so, orange shoes. Yep. That was th that was when it didn't go well. No, that's a good question. If that was only yeah. true. Uh, but yeah, go back and, and you, we'll be we talking about all the teams in the league that go yep. uh, first to worst. And, Just because um, expectations are high for those three teams. Right. You know, like, and, and, I don't think anybody thinks the Giants or Vikings are as good as their record were last year. Like, we know they're Fugazis, you know? I mean, but everyone's saying the Browns are back, Watson's there, the Lions are going to win the, the division, they're, they're, they got it all lined up, the Jets have Rodgers. I hope that all happened, because I want bad teams to be good. But history shows those organizations do not win games. And uh, another tease to a past episode, Zachary asks, uh, what made you want to get into doing sports podcasts? That sounds like such a fun thing to do. Yes, Zachary, it is a fun thing to do. Appreciate you listening. Uh, but you should go back to hear that uh, the happy birthday, Matt Williamson uh, mm. story. And, and that tells the story about and actually mine a little bit about how we ended up doing sports podcasts, which is yep. something we that didn't exist that we didn't know we were training to do until this industry popped up kind of out of nowhere for both of us. Right. I mean, it wasn't, none of us grew up trying to be a podcaster. I didn't know what a podcast was yeah. until, you know, they asked me to do one. Right. I mean, now I guess this generation does, and it's a lot easier to do it. Just start your own podcast. I mean, no one might listen to it, but you can start, anyone can start their own podcast. Yep. Do it. Just do it. That's uh, if you have that independent spirit, it's always, always, been, that's how I've always been. And for me, it was more like, okay, uh, you know, getting into the, the radio industry and working in the industry and, and looking at the way it was going is like, I, I'm going to do this separately and I'm going to kind of compete mm -hmm. with some of the employers that, that maybe aren't giving me the shot that I want. And, cool. uh, and, you know, and that was sort of, you know, sort of a punk rock way, a do it yourself way. And that's how I was when I was younger playing music. We made, we printed our own t-shirts. We booked our own shows. We, we, we made our own records, printed our own stuff, you know, independent labels. Uh, and, and you, you operated outside of the mainstream because you, you're like, I don't need the mainstream. I'm, I'm doing this for the love of the game. Right. And so that's kind of where it came from for, for me. And, and doing the music stuff, I learned a lot about doing it yourself. I learned a lot about that ethic and, and how to just not wait for someone to ask you to do something. And then I learned a lot about audio and I was doing audio and, you know, some radio professionals when, especially it was funny when the, when the, when the pandemic hit Matt, it was pretty wild to watch Ryan Seacrest, you know, or you know, the highest paid people in their industries, mm -hmm. all of a sudden at home, no makeup. They can't, yeah, right, right, they, right. they can't plug in a microphone, right? I was like, my <laughs> podcast looks and sounds better than the highest paid guy That's on cool. NBC right now. You know, because I've done it myself, right? Yeah, yeah I learned self taught. That's very cool. You don't happen to have a summer birthday, do you? But you know, especially during these six weeks before camp, by chance? No, I'm, uh, January. 
Ah, okay. I mean, that's a little busier time to do yeah. the history, history of BP, but maybe one of these days in the summer, the dog days, we'll hear more about it. What I find very interesting, just for, you know, side note between you and I, is we're almost the same age gap where the Steelers' legacy turned into the Niners' legacy. You know what I mean? Like, we were almost the same age when our terrible team turned awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> right. Which is a huge influence on why I do this. Like, if the 70 Steelers didn't exist, I would not be doing football for a living. Right. Sure. And back to the, the wrestling thing. Yeah. Right? Same thing. Um, you know, when you're uh, when you're nine, that sort of thing can grab your imagination. Yep. And you also don't know about girls then. Or care as much. Caring <laughs> about girls and cars and, you know. Yeah, uh, going out of the house. And you kinda, right. Yeah, you kind of start throwing away the, the other thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Paul says, I just finished listening to Wednesday's show for the all AFC East team. I think you missed an opportunity to select a head coach, offense, and defensive coordinators. So when you're selecting your team, you should make sure they fit your coach's scheme. What do you think about Paul's idea? I like half of it. I think it's going a little too deep for this project to say Belichick wouldn't use this three technique. He wants a true nose. You know, like I'm not going to build a team for Bill or build a team for Shanahan or whoever. I'm just picking my best 22 like we did, which was fun. But I do think it'd be cool maybe when it's all done after we've picked eight teams. Well, who's the head coach of the AFC West? All right, I'm going to go with him. Who are the two coordinators? We also didn't pick long snappers, kickers, and punters. You know, I mean, (laughs) some of it's not great radio either. And maybe, yeah, and we don't have time to go that. We already went over on our episode. We Mm -hmm. go over a lot. And by the way, apologies to Ross and the network who are honest about (laughs) Sorry. We have to wrap this one up too. But maybe uh, we'll we'll do one final episode after all of the all-division teams. Mm -hmm. And we'll rank the the divisions. And then maybe we'll put a a head coach with those as well. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, Head coach from each division. Tomlin or Harbaugh. I mean, do you want Shanahan or Carroll? You know, I mean, there'll be some good, good battles. So stay tuned for that. Appreciate everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Thanks, everybody, who uh, brings us your questions for our mailbags every single week. Matt and I back tomorrow with the AFC North squad right here. Peacock and Williamson.